Welcome to the first episode of our new podcast called Cosmic Farm Club, I guess. <laughs> I find Cosmic Farm Club to be enjoyable. Um, we don't know what that means. Club. Uh, this is a club because we're hanging out and talking. We're all cosmic. And uh, we were just discussing the exclusivity of our club. It's not very <laughs> exclusive. <laughs> You just well, have to be in the somebody cosmos. Somebody who said uh, any any club that would I would never join any club that would have me as a member. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that quote. That's but I love uh, it. that's our situation. I like it. So anyway, uh, this uh, show is uh, going to be me. My name's Ben. With Zach Brown, Zachary Scott Brown. What oh, are you boy. going by nowadays? I know when you were doing your art, it was. Zachary S. Brown, right? You got to dis- differentiate because your name is. Well, yeah, Zachary Brown. There's like very accomplished artists, a couple yeah. of them. So Zach, Zach Brown, Zachary Brown art. That was my oh, moniker. Zachary name. Brown. That's right. That's right. But I think my nickname for myself list, it's not rotational. It just grows. ZSB still gets used. Yeah, I like ZSB. I like Zulu Bravo a lot right now. Zulu Bravo. Mm-hmm. I, I made one up for you a long time ago, and it was, um, it was oh zebra, <laughs> zebra. <laughs> no, it was zebra because because it's Z for Zach and B R O for Brown. I like it. Zebra, zebra. Anyway, it's ZSB and me. That would be a good name for a podcast. Oh, that would be better. But anyway, no. <laughs> no. I assure Cosmic you, it Farm, would not. Uh, let's talk about our naming uh, process. Yeah. Uh, what we want to talk about on this podcast is um, uh, pretty much everything. Uh, ZSB has a um, a wealth of knowledge stored up there in the old noggin. Not and a we wealth. Wanna, we want to <laughs> tap it, pull it out, uh, see what he's thinking about everything. My views are going to be very standard, nothing special. Um, and I don't know much about anything. And uh, that's where we're going to go. We're going to go from there. My my standard is bizarre. I know nerd stuff. That's what I know, which is like so dumb because like, you know. But Ben, you know, money making nerd stuff. I mean, it's just nerd stuff. But yeah, you can make money, I guess. Money is fake and love is all that's real, but it love doesn't buy cereal. I feel like I that I am rich in love. Ultimately, uh, what like deep in debt, rich in love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you forego all worldly possessions, debt is difficult. <laughs> Found that out. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, so anyway, I owe the, a guy six hundred bucks. That's about it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> He's well off. I told him it'd be incremental over a long time. A dollar a year for six hundred years. I am going to propose interest that. free. Yeah, that would work. Um, so we all, we also had, uh, our friend, Jason Kirk, uh, we were talking because us three, we kind of grew up together. Um, Jason writes for, or he wrote for SB nation. Now he's doing, doing lots of other cool things. Um, one of them, yeah, the, uh, vacation Bible school project, uh, vacation Bible school podcast. podcast. Yes. And it is uh, pretty awesome. Uh, we were just talking about that before I have listened to, um, for every episode so far, and it's totally awesome. I'm about to. 
It's really good. You'll like it. Um, I made the logo. I was just looking at the logo. I'm glad you made the logo. Did you intend to make the tablets for the Ten Commandments battery icons? Uh, well, what Emily... It's like full power commandments. Jason's wife, Emily, who is also on the podcast, had this idea that it would look like um, Link... Or uh, is that who it is? Link yes, holding, holding the Triforce or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, which I, you know, I played The Legend of Zelda probably a million times with me and my brother when we were young. Um, I was Ocarina of Time on N64 with Zelda. Well, we had the original Nintendo. We played the heck out of that. That's for sure. Um, but anyway, she said, hey, you could totally take that image of Link holding the Triforce and, and turn it into Moses. That would be cool. Holding the Ten Commandments. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally awesome. So I, you know, I'm a by trade. I do all kinds of nerd stuff. And one of them is a graphic, you know, arts. Moses. Yeah. Yeah. Plural of more than one Moses. Moses. We'll I don't know with, if it's like Moose. We'll go with Moses. <laughs> It's Moses. Um, you know, there, yeah, there could be, there's definitely more than one Moses. There might be a, you know, Facebook group for dudes named Moses. I once started something on the internet for guys named Zach Brown. I bet, I bet there was a lot I, of, it might've been MySpace, man. Dating. It probably was MySpace. Um, there was a lot of cool stuff on MySpace. I didn't hate it. I hacked my, profile and put html in there and made it look amazing nerd stuff <laughs> yes big nerd stuff i think tennessee semi still lives on, on myspace i think it does uh, you're Zach gonna Brown, have to tell the audience ZSB what that I, is uh we were in a band in um college called tennessee semi and while that sounds uh latently um homoerotic it's not it's we can like Appala out. no, it's <laughs> Appalachia eroticism. <laughs> Appalachia eroticism. Uh, Tennessee Semi was a band that was punk rock, uh, but silly, like funny rock. No, but it was silly. No, 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 no. no. It was we called it property yes, rock. We made our I'm just, own yeah, genre. I'm telling you, we invented our own genre called property rock, and that was pretty awesome. Uh, did I ruin the punk rock? Did I ruin the property? Were you going property rock? Well, I, I was going to say that, but nobody knows what property rock was because we made it up. <laughs> we had songs about what, like our, a great big, idea, our, our big, our big hit was, was the Abacus song. We so much. We, love uh, for the Abacus. we had a song about the Abacus. It's like the calculator that never needs batteries. Yeah, exactly. And we had, um, we even counted to 10 in Japanese in the song. It was great. Was if only song. we would have uh, made a cartoon in front of that, then we'd be wealthy a la Baby Einsteins, because that's just what. Yeah, well, shout out to India and Joey. Oh, respect. The other, yes. the other bandmates of Tennessee Semi, India used to be Harvey, now Lofaso, and she was the bass player. She didn't know how to play bass, but I was like, hey, you want to be in our band? Bass is super easy. It's just like the <laughs> anybody cello. But can play bass <laughs> instantly. <laughs> well, when I turned into a bass player, yeah. I found that to be true as well. <laughs> you were good at bass, though. Most hmm. uh, well, so was India. She Very good at bass. She was so good. Um, she might still be good. Joey was always known when we were young as the guy who could, you know, play really well on the um, 
guitar and stuff. Which is but he why? but he we so we put him on so we put him on drums, obviously. <laughs> and I was the guitar player. I was the guitar player too. But I had the, the, the least shittiest. chops of all musicians. We, we, we got the shittiest uh guitarists. Now you were good. I wasn't very good. I wouldn't say so with guitar. I was a rhythm guitarist, so rhythm you can slide. I think I was you rhythm guitar too. <laughs> you know, it's supposed to deliver rhythm. more. <laughs> rhythm. This is a good band. We're making it sound way better than it actually was. <laughs> it has uh, a catchy uh, song or two. Oh yeah, show. Dude, they're like, really. If you look us up, um, no, honestly, I don't I know do, that we can be looked up. Yeah, I guess not. But I, I remember. Um, I was in college when we did it, and uh, by trade, you know, I'm a web developer. I build websites, but TennesseeSemi.com, man, that was the first website I ever really, I ever really built. That I did not know. That's it was on. Um, it was on hosted on Tripod. There's this old. I um, used to have something on GeoCities or Angel Fire yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, you could have GeoCities, but Tripod was cool because you had FTP access. It was like through a browser, and you could actually put files on there and do whatever you wanted. Uh, with HTML file. There was nothing dynamic back then, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, that was like my first gig, my first web project. I remember I was in a. Um, I, I built the site and then showed it to my computer science class. As mm. you know, this is really cool, and I remember the professor really liked it. Oh, we had some tattoo art on it. Remember, we were all in yeah, getting it was a tattoos. truck. Yeah, I wanted that semi truck right here with yeah. words under it that said, "Yeah." I, I said right here, pointing in yeah. audio forum. Uh, my rib, my side rib yeah. cage, so I could flank, lay down in the pool, flank. and it would say underneath, "Keep on trucking." Yeah, that would be cool. You should still get that. I might. Um, we all uh, are a part of the lazy tattoo club where we have unfinished <laughs> unfinished tattoos. I think everybody I know has an unfinished tattoo. So many square inches of I unfinished have this, tattoos. I have the coys that are not done from when I was, I mean, I was 20. So that's damn near 20 years ago. Yeah. And Jason Kirk previously mentioned he he's does, the winner of he that. He's an anchor. We, we don't need to, I, we shouldn't talk about him when he's not on. We'll have him I on agree. for sure. But yes, he's the... Uh, he has an unfinished anchor. He used to call it an onk. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I have unfinished eagle carrying a medallion of Jesus in a gold chain. But it looks cool still. I like it. Mine kind of looks poopy. Also cool. I like You've said that before, but I like that one. <laughs> I think we should have a second podcast where we talk only about visual items that no one can see yes. or hears us. Oh, that's so what a great idea. Well, the cosmic Do you farm, see this thing right here, Ben? Oh, it's so cool. Look at that thing. Uh Cosmic Farm when we thought about that first Jason was I, I think we totally trailed off to what we were talking about. We, we never talked about, the, talked about Cosmic Farm Club. We're only eleven minutes in to this to talk about why we named our podcast Cosmic Farm. It's I, I But think, you have nerd skills for that. I think we deep in our in our blood is this um urge to name things really dumb. I wanted to have because an element of, our, of because, comedy, yeah. stupidity, yes. and then if we can weave in something clever, that's yeah. money. That's magic time. Yeah. So when I talked to Jason a long time ago about us, me and you talking and just kind of exploring ZSB's 
views on things mostly. And then my, you know, input here and there, he, 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 uh, I think his, um, recommendation was explained by universe brain. Universe brain. Yeah. So I try, I was thinking universe brain is fun. That's a fun name, but I like cosmic. I like the idea of something. So, you know, heavenly, but also like down in the dirt. Yeah. And I also think on technicalities and the cosmos could be greater than the universe. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a little bit more vague. Mm -hmm. It leaves a little bit more room. It's more nebulous. Well, Uh, I, yeah, well, yeah. Wouldn't the universe cloud nebula. Okay. So you have the cosmos, which are very um, much in mystery, you know, but then you have like the farm and the farm is like, I mean, you know, I planted veggies, you know, for the fall garden Mm -hmm. and the UGA has an extension service. And I went to their site and it was like, boom, if you want to, grow you know muncher cucumbers you got to plant them by september 1st down here in georgia zone 7a usda so i followed it and you know they're growing so yeah the the farm is something that we've learned over a long long time right uh cosmos we've been looking at for a long long time mapping it out yeah I mean, there's evidence of the, you know, like 35,000 years ago, Egyptians were mapping out the cosmos. I mean, I think it's longer than that, but yes, you're probably right. Time is infinite. So it has sands, you know? So that was, that's what we're going to do is we're going to talk about, we're not going to talk about space that much. I don't think. Unless there's a topic of space that you're interested in. You like... It comes up just because it's infinite and I like infinity. You like chess. We could talk about chess. Chess is good. Um, The reason I like it is teaching strategy um, and then keeping my brain busy. Yeah. Well, uh, what were you saying about chess players? You were talking about chess players earlier. Oh, uh (laughs) there's uh, plenty of evidence that chess could be beneficial for any individual, but I came across an article and I can't cite it at the moment, unfortunately, but it was talking about how chess causes a debauched uh, downturn in uh, lives of chess masters once they get into the finer points of the game. So, yeah. So you have to get to a point, but don't go farther. You'll fall off the cliff. Yeah. There's a ranking system. Mm-hmm. Uh, like essentially points and they're kind of like my, um, phone, uh, game, uh, balls, breaking balls or something. Exact ranking. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly, I, I rank like exactly 150,000th. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. We're getting up there. So it's not like who's the number one. It's, it's, and I, I'm forgetting the scale entirely right now. Uh, but say you have, you have a. Smith score to make up an example of eighteen hundred, uh-huh. then you're going to beat someone with a, a lower score on average. Interesting. Well, what was the uh, score of the uh, computer that what's his name beat for the first time in the seventies? Uh, was, was that it Bobby, Bobby Fisher? Fisher? Yeah, I, I guess. think so, but that might not be accurate. I think it was. Um, I do not know. I want to discover that. Yeah. Well, since we don't know what the ranking system is called and 
We should we talk about stuff we don't know a lot. <laughs> we don't know the scale. <laughs> it's, it's I love to talk point. about stuff that I once heard about one time. And that's, I remember an item or two about. That is going to be what this podcast is about. Is well, Ill, what, what did Ill, you hear about once? Ill-informed ideas <laughs> that aren't fully fleshed out. I love it. It's, it's a good uh, journey. You know, we're walking a path to somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Mind of a student. The the mind of a student. You always have to have the mind of a student. My good friend David says that, you know, you never want to be the smartest guy in the room. Ever. Oh, I... And so, he, you know, ex, he would need to explain to me why. I think his point was don't ever be perceived as the smartest guy in the room because, you know, you want to be in a position of listening more than you are of lobby and blabbing. Oh my God. You personal, understand? personal work. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you know, in general, I think the general, uh, accepted, uh, principle there is, you know, mind of a student. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Generally just, always, I try to remember, I do not know everything so that like, don't try to learn everything, but so many, you know, new pieces of information find their way to come towards me. And then I have to fit that into my rubric of well, you just, real life. you know, process it and then poop it out. I know. But it I have stays, like it sticks m- around. mind blockage, yeah. Yeah, it sticks around. I have a blockage in my mind anus. I think things stick around for you more than everybody else, but that's what makes I'm a, you such a good... I'm a sticker. I'm a sticky sticker. <laughs> yeah, a little sponge. <laughs> You're such a little sponge. Um, I, I remember the things that could never help me and forget important items <laughs> of course that's like i mean i know like every word to every like uh you know no effect song but i don't i cannot you know remember what we're doing you know friday or I, whatever i ask each morning so what happens to me that day and worry about tomorrow the next morning yeah i mean i try to be like the subject of things but i'm often the object of mm. events in my life just because i don't uh, I don't know what's happening. I have a suggestion. I need to know what's happening. I should. What I have done. We have a calendar. Is I have I look quit at all events in calendar. Well, that's, yes, you could just, yeah, you, that is one option. Power you could, withdrawal. You could withdraw. That's an, that's always an option. I don't know if it's healthy, but. it's. De- I don't think it's healthy, especially when it comes to like, you know, family and um, yes. stuff like that. Um, here's Here's what I use it for as a tool. Because I acquire a new hobby and then must become, you know, uh, well versed in that hobby. Yeah, I don't so do like, that at uh, all. Yeah, you do. I know. I was just, <laughs> I was being facetious. I was being for she for sure. sure. Um, I was like, <laughs> I can name seven of your hobbies just from looking at the wall. I do in have, here. Yeah, I do have hobbies. Um, but you take a hobby and then you acquire skill in it. Like I wouldn't want to be downrange of you with a bow. A thrown edge. Wow, it's really easy to hit a person with a bow. That's not a good example. I'm, I'm pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember that Andy, our friend Andy, uh, from I follow Andy on social media. Shout out to Andy. What's up, Andy? Andy. And I'm always jealous of his mountainous forays. Oh yeah, he's a he's a machine, Andy Highsmith. Um. Anyway, I remember talking to Andy once. Do you have like conversations that stick in your head more than others? Like over with the years? Andy or well, with, with anybody? Generally. Like generally, this conversation had to have happened I've 20 years ago. 
<laughs> I'm sure we all have one with Andy that sticks out because he's amazing. He's like you, he blew multiple people's minds in he, high school. I he, think that he was formed by the cosmos to blow minds yeah. that needed blowing. Like, yeah, oh my gosh, this box doesn't contain everything. Yeah, that was his. Goal. That Andy. was his role, and he did a excellent job. Anyway, I, like I remember it. one time we were talking about uh, learning a skill. And he was like, you know, I get to a point with, he was learning bass guitar. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, we just talked about this. And he said the guy was like, you know, um, getting him to a point where he was trying to make him like talented with bass guitar, which I know what he was, what he was saying. I mean, I know talent is like you're born with yeah. talent or whatever, but you know, yeah, you, you want, I get to a point with pretty much everything where I'm like, I feel competent in it. And then, you know whatever yeah i don't feel like I, I need to like hone my skill to be the best in the world i'm the exact same i want to yeah. be above the median like if and, i'm yeah and nowadays when you're when you're researching a hobby i mean you gotta be a you know an expert at it just to like make a purchase you know i mean there's so much information it out there you can, you, can, you can digest all this information and you're like but you know like this, like I was into photography, really into photography for the past like 15 years. And I got a DSLR when they first like were getting big, like a Nikon D50. Yeah. And I was taking pictures with my nifty 50 lens and all this stuff. And there's a lot to learn about aperture and all this kind of stuff. And that's helped me okay. over the years. But I still like when I buy a, when, I bought, when I bought a new uh, camera, then a Sony Alpha, I love the camera, but it doesn't have a freaking mic input. Like it has, you have to, you have to use the Sony one that goes in the shoe and it just drives me bonkers that oh I bought this camera shoe. and I like the camera, but I really need a little one eighth inch input, you got, but you do, you it went from doesn't exist. DSLR to mirrorless. Yeah. I Discuss went to a, that. Well, the four thirds form wars factor, over that. The four thirds form factor <laughs> was just more like my style. Like I'm I don't, full frame I, can't, guy. I can't carry around a backpack full of photog equipment but you could i don't want to um don't, but this one is like it. you know it's big it's smaller but it's still big i don't i don't really like it at all i wish our phones were good enough to where i really like the photos and you know they're getting there but like uh you know the rent even um the brand new ones like i have a brand new one in it you know the portrait mode is just it sucks see i dumped doesn't photography look uh I, I dabbled a while, but I had a, a Nikon DSLR and I loved it because it was huge. But later I got into backpacking. So now I like small things that weigh little. So I always liked the idea of those Sony Alphas, but never bought one. Yeah. Well, the, the bad thing is they're small with like a kit lens and the 50 millimeter lens on the um, on a DSLR was small. And it was nice and like kind of like stubby, you know, but mm. this 50 millimeter lens that I got for the Sony, which is the good one with the stabilization, all that, which it takes beautiful photos, but it's long. It's like this long. So it's like you, you got the size of a DSLR anyway. So anyway, that, that those are the kind of purchases I wish like I would have researched a little more. Like I love the photos and I like the way it does all of it. But the audio thing, like I didn't know I was going to be doing so many videos and stuff like that. But anyway, I you do a research lot. by trial. You put it in your hands <laughs> yeah. and researched it. I think it was more like 
this one looks pretty good. And you know how you're, you kind of glass, your eyes kind of glaze over. You just, after, you, after you've looked at I'm 50, only 45 you're like, minutes oh, of browsing until my I eyes I got to get gone. something and then just do it. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I ended up doing. But, um, but yeah, so I get into hobbies like that. I think another hobby, I could count the main things that I make purchases for as far as on an ongoing basis would be um, hunting, of course. Hunting. Guns in general. I know, see, I, you used to be into kind of, you know, shooting and stuff oh, like I was. Yeah, I love shooting sports and firearms generally. Yeah, I do too. I enjoy certain aspects of it. I don't like other aspects of it, but you know, it's, you know, it's nothing's perfect nothing's and I get tired perfect. of it. Um, but yeah, hunting is always something that I like because, um, I can just go into the woods and zone out for a few hours That's and it's like quiet backpacking for me. It's yeah. the best. And then there's this, um, there's this uh, feeling inside when you're hunting and you know that, you know, every, human that like came before us was dependent on this for up until the last like you know few hundred years well, oh modernization of food production yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that. so you have this um I, we, we have, have living relatives maybe I, who remember past like everything coming in a bag or a can. oh yeah yeah well so but like when i was 15 my brother-in-law scott took me hunting um, over this, so I, I helped them build a cabin on their hunting land over the, over that summer. So when I was a sophomore, he would pick me up every Friday early from school and I would, I uh, we would ride down to the hunting land and we would hunt <clears throat> and it was cool because it was like, um, you know, when you turn 15, you want to drive everywhere, you know? Well, Scott was like, he had, I don't this, know if that's true now. I don't know. I, I, when I was 15, I just wanted to, well, I was like, do you, you sure you don't need milk mom? Yeah. Same. Cause I'll just go grab it. My kid just got his learner's permit right? and we drove him to the neighborhood to drive into the house from the neighborhood entrance. And that was the last time that he has driven. Uh, that's yeah. I and think, I, that, yeah, I think kids now are Uber less generation. Yeah. Maybe. They're less inclined and you know, I don't know. I mean, we're in the suburbs, so, you know, you gotta, gotta, have a license. Mm, I disagree. You oh, could yeah, just that's true. stay you Yeah, that's home. true. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, my point was he would pick me up and um, he had this awesome like 92, I think, Z71, four by four, two door. You know what I mean? It had yes. kind of big tires on it. It was I'm awesome. Sure. It was really loud. Yeah, but it was back then it was like, this is 97. So it was like pretty new, you know. <clears throat> anyway, this thing was wicked. It was like black. This stick shift. And so he taught me how to ride a stick shift because I knew how to operate a clutch on a four wheeler because we had ridden four wheelers for a long time. And uh, so he would pick me up from school. There'd be a trailer with two four wheelers on it behind the truck. And he would make me drive down to the hunt land, which so we had to drive through downtown Atlanta. Oh, dang. And like, and this was like, you know, pretty much traffic's getting bad you know it's like 2 p.m or something you got a trailer and i got a trailer in a stick shift you know, 15 and he would just sleep the whole way like he like i'm like sitting there <laughs> trying to Scotty, what do i do scott what it. do i do and he's like i don't know just you're, you're fine you're fine you know that kind of thing um but yeah that's uh that's how i got into it and then that that um november of 97 i killed my first deer uh a doe and with a bow 
And uh, ever since then, I was just kind of like, this is like pretty awesome because I mean, it's sad. I don't, I don't, you know, that's not lost on me that it is sad to take a life, but every time we eat meat, (laughs) an animal had to die. So it's nice to have that connection once in a while. The wild animal doesn't have the sorrowful existence of a farmed animal. Right. But as far as the, the, our interaction with that is so far removed right now, you know, it's really nice to, to, to partake in the action of harvesting a deer because it's just like you, you understand what happens really up close and personal. Like I'm not going to make my girls, I have two daughters. I'm not going to make them hunt if they don't want to hunt, but if they want to, I'll totally be in on that what's up baby that was like miraculous i'll help you in a few minutes when we're done okay (laughs) that was awesome (laughs) i have two girls bing yeah that was one of them um but anyway they uh yeah so if they wanted to hunt i could totally let them hunt but uh that was my intro into hunting and then uh, ever since then yeah i just like to i liked i was bow hunter for a long time only bow and then the last few years I've, I've taken my guns out and I, I like that. I like hunting with a gun. It's, it's fun too for in a different way, but it's still fun. I, I but I don't hunt with like. I'm going to hunt with an atlatl. Yeah. There's a lot of people that go more and more primitive, you know, um, Tim Wells is a, is a famous hunter. He's on TV. Uh, he, <clears throat> and he shoots the way that my brother and I shoot, which is we can shoot, we shoot a compound bow and it kind of evolved into this. Basically we shoot it without a sight and we shoot with fingers, you know, the compound bow. So we shoot a compound mm-hmm. bow, like you would shoot a recurve or a longbow. And I've killed deer with a longbow. I've killed deer with a compound bow. I've killed deer with a gun, you know, but it's fun to, uh, shoot a compound bow specifically with your fingers and no sight because it's like, it's like you're shooting a re- recurve, yeah. but it's, but it, my shoulder's pretty bad. So Anyway, Tim Wells is a guy who does that and um, he has a TV show and he uh, he's a big spear hunter too. Ooh. So, he likes to shoot with spear, hunt with spear and he'll also hunt with poison darts out of his blowgun. Oh. He shoots, kills a lot of stuff. I think you've showed me some a clip Dude, of he is person. amazing. Like his, he can do shots. I mean, he's, it's pretty nuts. Anyway. I used I, to know a guy who could do some shots. Yes. Do lots of shots. Shots. Anyway, My, that's, that's not... Um, that's that's like that's it on my thing and my hunting is that that's something i do that i believe in but that's a hobby that's one of your uh man i don't know so many hobbies have fallen through my hands um you like to grow things in the dirt i love gardening yeah so i peaceful time i like to grow different stuff. I like to start stuff indoors before the season begins just to stay busy when it's cold and dark outside. See, we're opposites in the cold and hot thing. You like it hot and I like it cold. I don't mind it hot, but I would say I like it hot probably. But cold, I am learning to get along with better. I love it. Um, Cold exposure therapy I heard about from this guy. On the internet, who is, is this crazy Wim Dutchman? Ho- Wim yeah, Hoff? Wim, Wim Hof. <laughs> who, yeah, who is this? Uh, yeah, Wim Hof is uh, this guy from the Netherlands. And he has uh, all manner of, uh, you know, different, uh, I guess, 
scrutinies on what he said by this point, but he's been saying the same thing since uh, he was young. He had a tragedy in his life, had a couple kids and his wife actually took her own life. And so he was left with these children and in despair. And so he just started doing things naturally out of, you know, that mourning and despair. Mm. And so like he would climb really tall heights without a rope. He would um, do things that were physical that would, you know, test limits of a single human body. And then that led him to getting in frozen over lakes and rivers. Um, and wow. yeah, so he would uh, just kind of gradually continue to expose himself he's like to the, cold. He's like the, the, uh, the ultimate hobbyist. <laughs> he's like us us uh amplify he does everything he's like, he's like i've been i watched a few, a few videos of these guys in a frozen lake and it looks kind of cool so i'm gonna research it and then i'm gonna get in there. oh dude i i really dig it. i've done some <laughs> cold stuff but i don't do it regularly like you know he uh suggests but one of the most interesting things about him is a lot of naysayers if you're like oh well you can breathe this way and expose your body to cold that way and it will prevent a b and c or cure potentially or be therapeutic for you know other items and basically his tagline is uh well i'm gonna have to remember it uh it's a non-dogmatic choice for happiness and health and uh, he, I don't know if we have profanity limitations on this, but I don't think it matters. Okay. His, uh, Market explicit. His, yeah. The, his um, uh, tagline for, I guess, kind of like a slogan or whatever. And he's got on t shirts is breathe, motherfucker. And mm-hmm. I always hear it in his like Dutch accent that well, I can't do that. I yet. must be a Wim Hof guy because I breathe. Oh, yeah. So the breathing that he teaches. Oh, this is like the the crazy breathing where you end up like spasming on the floor or something. Well, yeah, you definitely have physical sensation that can't be denied Mm -hmm. really early on. And the whole thing, I think, for the basic things like 11 minutes or eight minutes or something like that. Uh, But it's full breaths, inhale, exhale. And you're basically making your body alkaline and concentrating O2 in your blood. And so then when you hold your breath at the end of the exercise and push it all into your brain, then you have super oxygenated blood going into your brain. (laughs) And then you jump in the cold. Sounds a little like bullshit, but I guess it's not. Well, so I, I don't, I'm not a guy who takes everything with a grain of salt. I, and more like, oh, if that's true, I want to know how. Mm. And then I'll be like, oh, maybe that turned out not to be yeah, true. Okay, I just don't know. I don't. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it it was kind of outrageous. And so I, I'm guessing, I think it was like the 90s based off the quality of the footage. Uh, they were uh, injecting three control subjects and whim with uh, some, you know, horrific uh, bacterium or organism, I think think it was Ebola. Um, it was, you know, some pandemic in it some was the place. Ebola virus under the reign of King Cyrus. Yeah. <laughs> That's Riza or is it Jizza? I forget which I don't one. Know. That was from Liquid Swords, I think. Anyway, keep going. You, you have a deeper... Uh, this is the kind of crap me. that floats around in my brain for decades, <laughs> like <laughs> taking up space. Yeah, like uh, I can't forget now about Yammer and Hammer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's E40 now. You should E40 is worth keeping. 
Oh, Keep useful. him up there. He'll help you out. <laughs> I don't know what we were saying about the Wim Hof before Yammer. Oh, so anyway, he does the breathing exercises. He's in a university like clinic in a hospital bed, and they're shooting him full of uh, Ebola, and he never gets uh, uh, sick. He never gets sick. He never gets symptomatic. Oh, okay. The whole time, yeah. <clears throat> they're like, what the F? And then the control subjects are dying and they're injecting them or hitting wow. them back with the cure sauce. And mm. so I, that was something I think that gave him some credibility, maybe a little credibility, but at least that he's not like straight fringe made up. Interesting. Um, well, yeah, I mean, my buddy, the guy, David, he had um, some cancer and they wanted to do a biopsy. It was in his liver or something like mm -hmm. that. And he didn't want him to cut him open because he, you know, pretty much everybody was like, you know, you cut a tumor, you're like metastasize. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be bad. So anyway, he um, went to a natural dude and this was uh, probably 10 years ago or so, but they did um, ACE, I mean, um, hydrogen peroxide. Mm, infusion. He, he took a IV of a whole bag of hydrogen peroxide in one arm and vitamin C in the other. Mm -hmm. And he would do that like twice a day for like an hour. Like it was nuts and it was really expensive, but um he went back and they were gone. All his tumors were gone. That's bananas. So that's, but all that is doing is putting oxygen directly into your blood. I mean, that's, it's just super oxygenated blood. That's what know. it is. Uh, but he said it was incredibly painful. That was. Oh. Hydrogen peroxide in your veins. Oh. He said it was really burned. Yeah. I've had like a burning sensation with like an injection or inoculation or something like that. Yeah. But like think of a whole bag of Going it all running the all the way through you. That's just, yeah. Yeah, but he did it because he, you know, he believed it would work. And it did. I mean, he doesn't didn't have cancer anymore. Um, later on, he I mean, he's had a lot of problems. He's actually paralyzed now, unfortunately. But, well. But that was because of us, uh, an infection on his back, on his spine. Uh, but, yeah, that sucks a lot. But um, he's still he's, – he's good. I mean, he's still doing his thing. I, I want to know more about peroxide infusion. Um, yeah, you can talk to him about it. He did it a lot. He spent a lot of money on it. I know that. This was a guy, <sighs> and uh, this was a. It must have been a function, a functional doctor. I don't know. Who it was. A naturopath, Natu maybe. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so there's Wim Hof. Oh yes, I think did did I round him out? Well, you were. I think you were on the verge. He put, oh, many were, hobbies for him. He plays guitar. Okay, he writes songs. I, I play guitar on like a third grade level. I can do all the chords. No, 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 no. I can't do all the chords. I'm I can do the, the cowboy 30th chords. percentile for guitar skill for my age group. You know what I taught myself to do last year though was finger picking. And I got to a, you know, pretty mediocre level on that and then stopped getting better too. That's the same thing. Oh, well, you, you also on your build way to, guitars you, now too. So hobby up. <laughs> I, have built, I have built a guitar in a, in a, I went to Portland and, uh, spent uh, a couple weeks with Charles Fox out there. I love that guy. Who is like this guy, I mean, OG, you know, from been building guitars and teaching guitar building since the 60s. He had the first luthier school in America. Oh, like no he's, way. Yeah, okay. he's totally awesome. And the way he builds guitars is really, uh, it was revolutionary at the time. And a lot of people have, it's, uh, he builds a superstructure so mm. that, uh, the the rim is is um, its own thing. It doesn't have to sit in a in a clamp encasement. Um, anyway, 
you were on your way to talking about cold therapy, I think. Oh, I, I did do a um, cryogenic therapy, too, by the way. After Is that where you sit in a thing? It looks like a tub and it just makes you real cold? Yeah, it's, it's basically like a chamber and you get in there and then an elevator raises you up to where your face is over the wall and they just blast you with liquid nitrogen. Well, excuse me, nitrogen. It's so liquid how cold, in the tank. Like how long are you in there? Uh, it was three minutes, I think. And the temperatures, uh, again, I'd have to have a look-see to know exactly, but they're very ridiculously cold, like sub 300 Did or something like cured? that. Did you get cured? I felt that it was very invigorating. Uh-huh. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, for the moment um, and for some time after. But I definitely felt, the, and this is part of Wim Hof's uh situation so when you are no longer in the cold that you had been exposed to all that oxygenated blood rushes back throughout your body and so you know you're doing good in the you know core of yourself through breathing and then through brain health heart health cardiovascular but this is you know something many people could have experienced whether they heard of Wim Hof or not, when you get cold, your toes tingle, your fingers tingle. That's because your blood's going back to your organs. It says we don't need fingers to stay alive in oh, these temperatures, I but see. heart should we sure, sure would be good to protect. So then when you're no longer exposed to that cold you've just been in, all of it rushes back through you. I see. Kind of like when, remember when in like elementary school, when you would hold somebody's wrist and then you would Pull a spider web out of their hand. Remember that? Forgot about that. Yeah. Dude, that was a trick. There was also one where pressing your two index fingers together. Uh, oh, no. Holding them apart. <laughs> thus, I don't remember this one. That, you, that no one can see. You yeah. hold your fingers just like this. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> so uh, the finger hold position is fingers interlaced. Uh, thumbs as well on the back, index fingers straight towards the sky, and you spread them out like a Y, and then your friend takes their index finger above your formation and makes a circle really fast. And uh, basically, the idea is to say, oh, I can use centrifugal force to make you touch your fingers. And the uh, reality, I think, is it's just muscle fatigue, and they eventually come together when you can't hold them apart any longer. But that was my uh, kind of akin to the spiderweb palm thing. Interesting. I didn't, I've never experienced that one. I know that, that they did have to outlaw, um, this one, this, uh, what do we call these? It's like kid, um, memes before memes were around or it was kid. It's like kid, um, activities. Yeah. Basically they were activities that we had heard about through other kids. And, but this one was you call where it? you would like, you would like bend over and breathe out and breathe out and breathe and out. And then you try would, to like make and then you would get out. up real fast. And then, yeah, people would pay, make you pass out. Yeah. And we were doing that in our, in our like bathrooms. And I they never were like, saw it, stop. but I heard about it. Please and somebody stop. died somewhere about yeah, it. Yeah. They were like, please stop passing out in the bathrooms. <laughs> like, can you imagine like, principal. like, what were you thinking? Like us kids were so dumb. And it was like, you know, the, the principal was like, I, I'm, I really do have to get on this intercom and tell the kids to stop passing out in the bathroom because, you know, like, like you're going to hit your head. Yeah. And like, 
Uh, we were God, tired of so stupid. cleaning up blood from scalps. It was before the internet. It was before the internet. It was before phones. Before phones were computers. It was all, it was just, there was nothing else to do except for pass out in the bathroom <laughs> with your friends, with your best friends. Oh, terrible choices. <laughs> terrible decision making. I uh, don't know about passing out on purpose. Well, that was just a thing. I don't know. Maybe it was just our school. I don't know. Oh, no. I heard about it. Yeah, it was a thing. I, I But, I, yeah. Well, anyway. Um, what else? Oh, well, we both are into, um, what, do, what do we call ourselves? Numismatics? No, numis, oh, yeah. What do you call yourself? We're new, numismatic enthusiasts numismatic or numismatists. Numismatists. Yeah, we enjoy good. numismatism. I do love Pneumatistics. I loved it more when I had more disposable income, <laughs> but it is right, a right. very, uh, I think it's just a fun hobby. But the other thing is I was fascinated by something that no one can ever make worth zero. Like there's yeah, yeah, a that, market that is, for that something cool, that like, has intrinsic value. value. Yes. What did you hear say? Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, right. Yeah. That's why like if there's ever an opportunity for something like you're getting a memento, you're getting a ring, you're getting a, a token, you're getting something and it's being made, you know, it's not that much more expensive to make it out of like sterling. And then you have something that's made out of sterling mm -hmm. and that's a lot more valuable than a little bronze trinket or brass or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And, and like, like a penny crusher, you're paying a lot to have this thing made anyway. So might as well make it out of something, at least it's something, some kind of material that's worth something at the end of the day. Not that I'm going to like sell Melt it things. or something, but it's just, yeah, it's kind of just in your head anyway, I guess. It's all, you know, it's not going to work out and, and make us a lot of money or anything, but it's fun to collect coins. I, 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 I don't so. necessarily collect coins. I like I like specifically um, bullion. I like silver rounds. Mm, bars and rounds guy. Yeah, I'm a rounds. I'm not a bars guy. I'm a rounds guy. I've, I've owned bars, but I don't really... I used to they don't the do anything bars. for me. So all I ever do is, yeah, big bars, the leg, cool. like a like kilo ten, and stuff. Yeah, no, like cool. a 10 ounce stacker. Oh yeah. The 10 ounce stackers are cool. See, I was always thinking like, you know, uh, maybe some kilos or something like that or, um, or hundred ounce bar. That would be really cool. But, uh, I just, do you think this just occurred to me off topic that people have to have hung out with us to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to know what all these <laughs> shenanigans could be? Well, I'll just tag this like everything. And then you'll have all these stacker heads who that's the only thing they care about on the planet. And yeah. that's always only well, been there. Like I feel like there are duped. people like us out here that, that, you know, they get into a lot of stuff. And this is probably some pretty common stuff to be into. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think you could be right. Uh, yeah. Um, see, the cool thing about the cool thing about silver is it's kind of cheap. You know what I mean? Like you, compared to what it can do versus what gold well, okay, can do. Okay, all right. Let's so, look at this. It's such a good alternative. At a and it's price. like, yeah, when you look at precious metals in general, and I know it's, you know, kind of categorized as an industrial like resource or whatever, but it's super cheap. And so if I can take like right now, see, I would be able to get a generic round, one ounce round for like $20, $21, you know, like six months ago. Now mm -hmm. it's like $30, but still you know, 30 bucks and you get something cool. Achievable it's dollar like amount It's less than I would pay families. at Buffalo's for wings uh, for my family. Truly. But I get a silver coin out and, of it. So yeah. what I do is I just don't wings buy. Wings cost you more I than their cost too. I don't buy dinner 
<laughs> I just, for my family, I go, these and coins. Get, Children, I go and buy coins. Eat my rounds. And I'm like, you figure out your own dinner. Eat some cereal. <laughs> Daddy bought a coin. <laughs> <laughs> I am like, I try not to take too much pride in anything, but I am kind of proud that I've never told my kid no dinner tonight because daddy bought a coin. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, that's what separates the men from the boys. That's you got to be able to. I've You're the true stacker. I've never told my kids no for anything. That's not true. I tell my kids no a lot. But um, yeah, when they, when they need something, yeah, there's no choice. Food, got to give them food. You got to give them Band-Aids. I don't know about you, but we run through Silver Band-Aids. Silver is better than a Band-Aid. That's fine. But like, I mean. No, it, like for the use of a Band-Aid. I'm just trying to think of like how much I have invested in Band-Aids over the past like, you know, year or two. Some of those have silver in them. Yeah, that would be cool. I remember when you had like a wart or something and you put um, colloidal silver silver on it and you didn't turn blue like that guy. Oh, I drank colloidal silver as well. Yeah, I never turned blue. A couple people told me I would turn blue, but I tried it first and didn't turn blue. So it would be badass to turn blue. If, if I had like, turned blue, who's I wouldn't the Marvel minded. character that was blue? Monster oh, thing or no? There's a beast? couple of them. Beast. beast was one, but then there's this one that guy was Kramer. Who was blue. I mean, uh, 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 yeah. What's his name? Uh, Kelsey Grammer. Tulsanet and scrambled eggs. <laughs> Frazier. Yeah, so that's the only name I can remember. That Frazier guy was the blue. Jingle of his song. Frazier was blue. <laughs> the jingle of his show. Dude, if you turned blue. You'd be like Frazier. I've got acting Frasier, uh, jobs. Frazier isn't blue. permanently blue, though. That was just makeup, Zach. Well, why couldn't they make the colloidal silver blue man Dude, not that blue? guy. Yeah, I know. And that's his thing. But he was like super healthy. And he was like, well, I'm healthy. And then he died, didn't he? I oh, think the blue guy died. Let's Google. Yeah, we probably need to Google before we say that. Or as my uh, kids say, search it up. I had <laughs> to learn. No one, oh, well, you'll learn, too. If you didn't already know, people, the youth don't say Google anymore. Let's see. Here goes man. Tur- yeah, he died. Was he? Uh, man was who he turned blue, blue after taking silver for skin condition died. He died in 2013. God rest His him. name was Paul. Paul Carrison. I also uh, came across during my colloidal silver time, uh, a blue woman as well. You came across her? Uh, not personally. Oh, you, you've you I would have caught her name and said, I met Stacy and she's blue. Taking a selfie? Yeah, uh, Were you making your own? No, but I had got some alligator clips and some silver wire to try it. But uh, I guess I, we should just say that in case anybody wants to try it. You put a nine volt battery kids. on some coiled up thin. Kids, all you got to do, kids, go distilled water. Grab a battery, distilled water, a couple wires, bar of silver, make some money. Or it's like a lemonade stand. Yeah, you can buy silver diodes even off a supplier websites. Um, David, my friend, he does use colloidal silver now, but it's more for a, I think it's a disinfectant kind of thing oh, yeah. that he has to have. But Microbes can't stand the silver heat. He has to do that now, but he, um, but he makes his own. I love it. Interesting um, tidbit that I know I mentioned. It fascinated me, so I think I mentioned it a lot. I, mean, I haven't talked about it in a long time, but we're talking about silver. It was common practice in the days of the milkman to leave a silver dollar in the bottom of the milk because they just set cow's milk on your front porch. 
And this way it couldn't spoil because the bacteria would be prevented from growing. Who paid for the silver dollar? Return. So A, it was just a uh, dollar. Just and then B, you gave your empty jugs with the silver back. I believe. I wasn't there, but I don't think they'd be giving away. What, it wasn't six, pure silver, though. This is 90% if it was coin silver. So yeah. you had that other 10% of junk base in there. metal. But the silver was so powerful. It overrode extremely, base metals. Extremely potent. I don't know. Maybe there was a giant health crisis as a result of silver dollars and milk that we never heard about. Maybe so. Maybe, that was like, maybe that's where polio came from. From milk? Silver contaminated silver milk. milk. No, no, no. It's, it's the other stuff. The zinc and the magnesium and the... Well, that, you need that stuff. The main one you don't want is Copper. cadmium. Cadmium. <laughs> Uh, have you been to the Pirate Museum in St. Augustine, Florida? Of course, yes. Dude, the thing is I so am awesome. really glad you mentioned that. <laughs> this is random. However, since we're talking about gold and silver, and you get at the end of that thing Pirates and you see movie. all the sunken treasure and you can hold the gold that's been fused oh, together. Oh, we didn't pay the twelve ninety five or whatever to go through. We were in the gift shop Dude, and they were worth. trying to sell us hard, but we oh, were, yeah. we had all the kids and some of them didn't weren't into the Pirate You game. know why they had that? Well, it's because... Um, People used to just go on the beaches of St. Augustine and find silver. And then uh, they passed some law or something saying that it belongs to St. Augustine if you find silver. Mm. I think that's the, Imminent, I think man. that's the story. Uh, that's what sticks in my head. Um, I, call I could it good. be completely wrong. Nope, that's, but I, that's, I think, what's the guy that plays Search it up. Anyway, true. my brother and I went through there. And my brother is a pirate. He loves pirates. And that was an awesome museum. Okay, well worth check the $12. I'll check it out. I, I curse like a pirate and I love seafaring ways and things like that. The guy who made this museum is he owns. Uh, neither of us are uh, into sports. So this is going to be fun when we talk about <laughs> sports. But I think he owns Can't the 76ers. Wait. Used to own the 76ers. The guy who owns that pirate museum? The guy who made the pirate museum. Oh, he had so that. much money that he went and started looking for treasure in the Caribbean. And he uh, started finding stuff like he found a piece of Blackbeard's ship and uh, that's in there. And then he started finding more and more stuff. And he was like, man, I should start a museum. I got so much cool stuff. I started a that's museum. That's right. Uh, he's he's not foreign. I gave him a foreign accent, but he's I think he's from, probably from Philadelphia. Well, with a worldwide audience, what's foreign? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Uh, he's um, sounded European. He ah. sounded Eastern European when I did his voice. Okay, a little didn't he? he, he did you? Did yeah, you take some, him? Uh, did you take him Hungarian? I got some. Did you take him uh, pirate coins? Did you take him uh, Magyar people? Yeah. I have a Hungarian co uh, connection because I worked with Hungarians for a long time. Shout out Pat Patrick Mishko and Tomasz Hoffman. I don't know you, Patrick and Tomasz, but I know that you're good people because of where you hail from. And uh, yeah, the Hungarians are great. I love Hungarians. I love, um, uh, shout out Gex, a lot of other people mm. out there. Um, shout out to all Hungarians. Respect. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we could talk about travel on the next episode, places we've been. Oh, God. Because well, we can't travel right now. I've been so many places, and most of them I would go back to. I've been to a few places that was for church where it was like, hey, um, we're going to go to this beautiful country. And while we're there, we're going to, um, you know, Just fix some people. Well, we're going to we did some cool stuff like visiting, you know, orphanages. I like that. That was fun. But then it was like, and now we're going to go out into the park 
and perform Do a skits song. <laughs> yeah. Do I, somehow, somehow, I always. Um, what was that song? Somehow I always got out of those. I never I never did the performances. I was always just like, let me just plug the mics in for us. How about that? How one about that's my, con- I was my in, contribution? I was in like the band on one of those and on two of them I wasn't. One time you weren't you a chicken? Yeah, at the at the crazy at the, uh, at the uh, orphanage. <laughs> I was a chicken. And you know what the funny story that chicken, we we borrowed it from a Chick-fil-A, the Woodstock Chick-fil-A. I never knew that. The chicken suit, and it was like um, really nice. It was really, it was hot as hell. Oh, I'm telling you, as I was walking around in it and me and Zach, South my cousin American Zach, chicken we would, we would do a skit in it. And anyway, he, um, it was really funny because when he would hit my head, it would spin. <laughs> anyway, the kids loved it. They just, they ate it up. Dude, anyway, uh, so on the way back, the, the, the plane, um, they lost the chicken suit. And we had to pay Ooh. like we had to pay Chick Fil A like like thousand yeah. dollars or something like that. And them's them's nineteen ninety six dollars. Ooh, <laughs> so those stretch. <laughs> in ninety six, I think. Uh, well, let me say ninety eight. Gas was like in the eighty cent range or oh, something. Oh man, like that. I had dude back then when I was uh, first started driving. So that was ninety eight, fifteen, sixteen, yeah, ninety eight, and I had a. 91 crx mm-hmm. dude and that thing i mean it already got like 50 miles to the gallon and then it only costs like like eight Did bucks to it? fill it up i would go like 500 miles for like eight dollars <laughs> i was like this is great and, and at, at the time point, that was like an hour and a half of minimum wage wages trying yeah. to get 500 miles right now with only 90 minutes of minimum wage good luck not gonna happen not gonna happen but uh the gas prices are kind of down right now. Um, they're not through the roof, uh, but they did get up pretty high there. I mean, when it was when it was over four dollars, that like impacts your budget. You know, like not that's mine. like an extra. Oh yeah, I know, I know, that's true. But but like I drive I still, a lot. Well, my spouse yeah, is always taking the children everywhere. Yeah, that's um, children got to be took, and that's a minivan, that's so that's not good gas mileage. So. That is true. It is a budget item, but as an individual, right, I would just opt to ride. Well, I I, I drive a lot because I, I well I used to drive a lot. I don't drive that much anymore. I mean, I put like seventy five thousand miles on my twenty eighteen Subaru in three years. I have an 04 Kia with seventy one thousand miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's at eighty now. I'm at eighty, but like um, I, I kind of like to drive. You know, it's bad for the environment, but um, like I wouldn't. It's part of the environment. So I got, I got tired of, I don't know. I got tired of flying to New York when I had to go to New York. Oh. I worked with this client in New York for a long time. And I just got really tired of flying to New York, especially LaGuardia. LaGuardia beat me down and I was just like, you win. Here's uh, for me, whenever I was traveling, I was company dollaring it and they didn't mind Ubering. So I didn't hate flying so bad because I would just land and get Ubered to my hotel. Yeah, no, I would get a taxi too. It's just that the whole experience is just, it sucks from the moment you wake up to the moment you get to where you're going in New York. Cause it's like, you gotta, I gotta drive down into Atlanta. You gotta, you know, I have to get a flight at the 6 a.m. flight so I can get to New York in time to get in there into the office at 9 30 or something. So I would have to leave my house at like 3 a.m. Mm. And I'm a drive through guy. Atlanta and then like you get there and you got to go through all the security and all this crap. And it's like, man, if I just like left my house 
and just started driving, it would be so much less stressful. Yeah. So that's what I did. So I drove up and down the Blue Ridge Parkway for like, oh. I mean, not on the Blue Ridge Parkway because that wouldn't be very fast, but I would go up and down that oh, route wow. over and over. And uh, I would switch it up. Sometimes I'd go like east, but that was, um, I put a lot of miles on the car like that, but it was nice because um, it only took like, you know, whatever, 14 hours, a 14 hour drive. But by the time I you wake up at three, you get to where you're going, it's, it's, it's double, it's double the time. And I was like, eh. I can yes, do uh, flying. That's day like of that's meeting. like one and a half books. Yeah, on audio on Audible or something. See, I don't even like anything in my ears except for pink noise or. Well, nowadays there's podcasts. We didn't have super a lot of podcasts at that time. We, I mean, there was podcasts, but I wasn't into them, so I didn't really listen to much. I was listening to books on tape. My thing is, I I need a device for that, and there's battery, and I'm trying to reduce how much of my life is maintenance. Mm-hmm. Like I heard a stat, you know, or a phrase or a quote that somebody famous said once that life is 90% maintenance or 95% maintenance, something to that effect. And I was like, Ooh, that might be true. I should reduce what I'm maintaining. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I, yeah, we were talking earlier about throwing stuff away. feels really good. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I think that's related to that. Cause it's stuff that you have to keep up. You have to store. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a constant battle of what you want to keep and what you need to get rid of because, you know, there's been so many times that I've, you know, gotten rid of something and then like, you know, six months later, I'm like, man, now I need that thing I got rid of. But, you know, most of the time I don't miss what I get rid of. I used to say I'll buy a new one if I need it, but now that's not my lifestyle anymore. So I'm just like, do I need it? Yeah. Yeah, I should um, probably think more about if I really, really need something or not. It's like, can you use it? The answer becomes yes quickly to me. Yeah, Need is tough, but I am aware that purchasing and acquiring is an emotional attachment. So I have to say, okay, the emotion I'll get from this or the emotion I have now thinking about getting this, how fast is that gone? And then what's it look like? And then I'll make a choice. Sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I... I'm glad I thought of it that way. Um, Dave Ramsey says, put your credit card in the freezer in a bucket that's frozen, I guess. So you have to thaw it out. Yeah, before you make the decision. That's a great um, choice. Yeah, that's fine. But like, you know, I got to use my credit card to get gas. So that wouldn't really work. Because you're a driver. <laughs> that's, what tri- that's true. There you go, being a driver. Okay, I have to use my credit card to eat. There you go. Consuming <laughs> calories. <laughs> that's true. I should just not eat. Man, that is so true. I should just not eat. I not eating isn't that big big of a deal. N- not being able to eat when you're hungry and want to eat that's hell. Yeah, with that, I would say we could end this show because we're over an hour. Pre cutting out all the boring things I said. <laughs> not going to cut out too much, I don't think. Um, anyway, uh, thank you for for. Uh, for helping me uh, make this dream a reality, Dude, Zach. We're just farming dreams out here in the cosmos. Oh yeah, I forgot the name um, for a minute, but it's yeah, the Cosmic Farm Club. We don't know if club's going to stick or not, but you know, it's. I kind of feel it. Yeah. But then, like every fifth time I heard it, I'm like, "Did the people want a club?" <laughs> I don't think. I don't think the people, the people care what they want. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening to us ramble, and we'll do it again. Uh, soon it's been a great we'll time we'll probably i need we need to have jason come on and talk with us too dude can you imagine Skype him in the 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 triplet that that would 
<laughs> me of ramble stories. <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. This is. I like that this podcast does not have a mission or a central theme. No, because then we have to maintain it and defend it. But yeah, we're just, you know. Just shooting the shit. And farming. And farming. Mm-hmm. We're farming our brains we're for ideas and <laughs> it's thoughts. It's a club where we farm our brains for cosmic thoughts. We're farming the cosmos for thoughts. Let's definitely talk about if we are being farmed at some point. Yeah, <laughs> or how well, that's we're being another. Farmed. Yeah, well, yeah, that's another meaning. Farmers it's, who are being farmed. Well, yeah, yeah. It's like humans grew in the universe. We had to have some kind of you know fertile soil to grow in. Absolutely, the Earth. So yeah, we're a cosmic farm in ourselves. That's Absolutely. what the Earth is. When it all began, everything that ever would be was implied at the initial was it aristotle who thought that or was it socrates one of them knew that one of them thought you knew everything right when you were born and then as you as you grew you were made aware of what you knew which i that sounds like bullshit but i've always kind of felt like there's a part of me that agrees with that because like you know when something clicks math you know whatever it is when it clicks you're just like oh duh yeah you know what i'm saying Oh, yeah. Like, I'll forget words. I work with a lot of uh, Spanish-speaking folks, and so I'll forget a word in Spanish that I knew, and I'll ask them how to say it, and then I'm, like, totally hacked off that I already knew it. (laughs) Yeah, you already knew it. It was in there. It was just filed away. Uh, Anyway, uh, thanks, thanks, Zach. It Um, is my pleasure. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's so nice. Our, you know, dozens and dozens of listeners. Well, zeros. We we love you so much. <laughs> All dozen. <laughs> okay. Or whatever your number be. Bye. Au revoir.